Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to In Ohio Country Today podcast, part of the In Ohio Country Today TV show. I'm Big Dan Wilson, and this week is part two of our visit to the 104th annual Ohio Farm Bureau Federation. That annual meeting takes place in Columbus, Ohio, every year, and I'm joined this week by Jordan Haywisher, Director of Water Quality and Research, Evan Calico, Director of State Policy, and Dale Arnold, Director of Energy Policy. Some great interviews. You don't want to miss them this week in Ohio Country Today. Why have so many producers switched to Case IH Early Riser Planters? Is it the rugged row unit that lasts season after season? The industry-leading accuracy of precision planting technology? Or maybe the higher yields from the early rising stands? Perhaps it's the long history of success from Case IH Farmers. From Case IH, from your local Apple Farm Service. Allen Davis Insurance Agency is your solutions provider, a business owner, and an active farmer. No one knows farmers' needs better than Allen. Give them a call today at 419-738-7447 for auto, home, life, business, recreational, total farm protection, and more. Call 419-738-7447 with offices in Lima, Wapakoneta, and Minster. Or check us out on the web at allendavisinsurance.com. Rodock and Midway Trailers are your source for North Star truck beds. When your job is tough, you need equipment you can count on every day. North Star has built a reputation for providing truck beds that work as hard as you and can withstand your daily grind. North Star truck beds are built with the most rugged users in mind, providing years of service to any owner. Remember Rodock and Midway Trailers, your source for North Star truck beds. With three locations to serve you in Delphus, St. Mary's, and Dayton. Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today. Big Dan Wilson alongside a much bigger guy than me, Jordan Haywisher. He's director of water quality uh, here for the Ohio Farm Bureau. It's not just water quality, Jordan, but what are some of the other issues that you're dealing with? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things that are wrapped up in water quality is uh, you know nutrient management, uh, climate change, the weather patterns changing, um, you know, carbon sequestration, a lot of different stuff in that same realm uh, that's all wrapped up in the same practices and the same policies that go into to, to what our farmers are active in. A lot of things have changed over the last year, maybe two years, with Director Dorothy Polanda stepping aside. We're going to have some new administration here at the Department of Agriculture and the H2 Ohio program moving forward. So let's talk about those two things and how they affect you. Yeah, the H2 Ohio program has been great. I mean, uh, the the governor has set aside, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for uh, practices all over the landscape, not only in ag, but in uh, in uh, uh, across the state as well with uh, wetlands and water pipe replacements and things like that. And uh, it's been a great program for our farmers. Uh, uh, ODA and uh, Director Plan does have done a good job of uh, rolling it out. And I think it's uh, in 24 counties now uh, and, and hoping to expand around uh, across the state as, as budget permits over the years. Uh, and it's a great opportunity. And it's a great logical program for our farmers to get into to increase their conservation practices. And it's been, been really well uh, received by the farmers. Uh, you know, uh, thousands of farmers, you know, million, you know, a couple million acres are involved. And it's, it's been really good. You know, of course, uh, you're from West Central Ohio. And I'm sure you're well aware of all the effects that the uh, Lake Erie watershed has gone through based on all the things that have transpired with the H2 Ohio program. So firsthand in the Blanchard River Valley project too. So why don't you talk about the progress that we've made so far in both of those two projects? 
Yeah, I think there's been a lot of progress, but there's there's a lag period of some of the things that we've done. So uh, we still have blooms on Lake Erie, but uh, overall Lake Erie is really healthy. I, I, people like to say that uh, it's the the lake is dying or something. It, it's got a pimple, right? It's it's the fishing's good, uh, the recreation's great, everything else is fine except we get this annual bloom that we're trying to work on to reduce you know nutrients going into the lake. Uh, but you know we're seeing uh, county uh, county by county the soil level uh, phosphorus going down over time. We're seeing application rates of phosphorus going down over time. Uh, we're seeing the increase in conservation uh, practices based on H2O and other things. And we're seeing a really great collective effort for, by our farmers to just to, to keep progressing up the conservation ladder. They just keep doing better and better. And hopefully that lag period will get shorter and shorter and the lake will you know not see uh, as big of a bloom. We'll probably always have a bloom uh, at, to some degree, but that doesn't mean things are bad. It just means we're, we're in a natural cycle. We have uh, higher water temperatures. Uh, we have uh, you know a lot more rain coming down. We have 50% more uh, one inch or more rains coming down on the landscape, so our farmers have to handle more water. And so uh, it's a really big mixed bag of issues that they're trying to handle, along with just you know doing their regular hard job of farming. And so, but we're having a really good progress, and I think we'll see uh, the dividends pay off eventually. You know, you talk about Lake Erie dying. I, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and I can remember the mercury levels being so high. They told you not to eat the fish out of Lake Erie back in the late 60s. And it's really created, there's been a metamorphosis, if you will, of Lake Erie. And, and to see what our farmers are doing now to keep it that way and to keep it clean is very impressive. But let's talk closely about some of the communications and the work that you do with some of our uh, universities, like uh, we're talking about uh, Ohio State University, of course, uh, our friends over at Central State University, all working hard to improve that water quality. So what's the communication level with the Ohio Farm Bureau and those institutions? Yeah, that's the easiest part about my job is not only the universities, but the other commodity groups, uh, some of the environmental groups, conservation groups. Um, everyone really works together because there is this big issue, right, of, of, of water quality in Lake Erie. Uh, on the university side, obviously Ohio State does a great job. There are plenty of resources, not only in Columbus, but up uh, on Lake uh, Lake Erie with Sea Grant and uh, Stone Lab. They do a great job of educating people and just giving us the right information. Heidelberg, Heidelberg University is uh, is the, the, the National uh, Water Quality uh, Monitoring Center, uh, and so they've been doing it since the 70s, I believe. And so they give great information on, okay, what's the levels of, of nutrients and the, the flow that's going into Lake Erie. Uh, Bowling Green has some studies going on on uh, dredge material that they're taking out of the lake and putting back onto farm, uh, farm fields. Uh, University of Toledo's uh, heavily involved. Uh, uh, Wright Stake Lake Campus. We do some projects with them because obviously Grand Lake St. Mary's is a big issue. So there's this great mix of, of colleges and universities that are in there and we all work really well together and it's it's been really fun because uh, I have a, a science background and so I'm kind of bridging the gap between the universities and farmers. I grew up on a hog farm but I, I have some science in, the, in my degrees and so I get to bridge that gap and it's really fun to be able to work with those people uh, throughout the year. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how those dollars from the H2 Ohio program have trickled down, excuse the pun, down to our farmers and landowners. Yeah, it's not even a trickle down. It's it's a straight payment. It's there like you, you sign up for, you know, this practice. I'm going to do a nutrient management plan. I'm going to put cover crops out. You do that. You prove that you did it. You get a check. And it's, what's the what's the response back from the landowners? It's been really good. It's been really positive, and and ODA has been great. They've uh, you know for government programs they can be a little rigid at times. They set standards and they don't want to. There's not a lot of wiggle room a lot of times. But they've done a good job. For example, uh, they'll they'll look at the weather in the fall and say, okay, let's extend the cover crop 
planting period by a couple weeks because it's, it's a little warmer or it's been a late harvest. So they've done a good job of kind of humanizing the program and being flexible because if you're a farmer, you know, you can't just say, okay, on you know, November 1st, I'm going to do this. Like you wake up and say, okay, is it possible because of the rain, your workforce, the tractor breakdown, whatever. Um, and so uh, they've, the farmers have really responded to that flexibility and being able to, you know, kind of roll with the punches a little bit. Jordan, you mentioned it. Let's talk a little bit about that. The effect of cover crops and the use of cover crops in those zones and in those areas that that need to protect the waterways the most. What have you seen? We were at the Ohio No-Till conference yesterday and basically talked a lot about cover crops. So what have you seen so far in the participation by farmers to utilize that resource to help protect the waterways? Yeah. Uh, cover crop usage is, is obviously increasing over the state, probably not as much as we would like. Uh, but again, you're in business with Mother Nature. It's really hard to to get the cover crop seed down in a, in a timely manner after harvest. So there's there's exploration in other ways. Uh, ODA is even working on uh, applying uh, cover crops by drone. A lot of people fly it on when the, when, uh, when the corn crop is still growing. Uh, so trying to find those ways to get it on there, because uh, everyone knows if you keep the ground green you know, throughout the year, yeah, that's a positive. Right, better soil health, uh, you know, nutrient uptake, keeping the soil in place. Uh, but I think it's it's a matter of just showing people you can do it differently. You just don't have to wait till the end of the year to do it. You can do it in like interseeding uh, while the crop is growing, and it's just more education, uh, more funding, so that they can they can try it because it's already risky enough to be a farmer. You just don't, you know, you're not just trying to you know throw some more money out there and see what happens. So I think uh, I think people are catching on. It just takes takes more time. If people want more information, Jordan, about what you do, where can they go? Uh, the OhioFarmBureau.org, uh, OFBF.org. Uh, they can just see all the stuff we work on, uh, good news feed and any articles that we do. Uh, and, of course, if they catch our, uh, our Ohio magazine, uh, we get a lot of information, not only just general uh, nice stories, but uh, some of uh, the ag-specific stories are starting to populate in there as well. And we'll have a link to that as well at our site at Country. Com. Jordan Haywisher has been our guest, Director of Water Quality for the Ohio Farm Bureau. We're at their 104th annual meeting here in Columbus, Ohio. Jordan, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Why have so many producers switched to Case IH Early Riser Planters? Is it the rugged row unit that lasts season after season? The industry-leading accuracy of precision planting technology? Or maybe the higher yields from the early rising stands? Perhaps it's the long history of success from Case IH Farmers. From Case IH, from your local Apple Farm Service. Allen Davis Insurance Agency is your solutions provider, a business owner, and an active farmer. No one knows farmers' needs better than Allen. Give them a call today at 419-738-7447 for auto, home, life, business, recreational, total farm protection, and more. Call 419-738-7447 with offices in Lima, Wapakoneta, and Minster. Or check us out on the web at allendavisinsurance.com. Rodak and Midway Trailers are your source for North Star truck beds. When your job is tough, you need equipment you can count on every day. Northstar has built a reputation for providing truck beds that work as hard as you and can withstand your daily grind. Northstar truck beds are built with the most rugged users in mind, providing years of service to any owner. Remember Rodak and Midway Trailers, your source for Northstar truck beds. With three locations to serve you in Delphus, St. Mary's, and Dayton. Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today, and joining me now is Evan Calicote. He's Director of State Policy for the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation. Evan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me this morning. We're excited to get our annual meeting underway. 
you know, a huge topic that our farmers have had to deal with, especially our livestock producers, has to deal with meat processing. What's the advancements that have taken place since COVID? Yeah, so we definitely saw a huge increase, I think, in people looking for their local meat before the pandemic. And then during the pandemic, man, we saw a huge drive when you just couldn't get that meat at your grocery stores. Uh, so we advocated for the creation of the meat processing investment program. We got that in in last year's budget. Uh, there was an original $10 million for that, and it was gone before you could even blink. Mm. So then we advocated for another $18 million, got that in in the spring. And in total, there's been 128 grants given out that we think have really helped alleviate those problems around the state. And that's not just in our rural areas, and we're not just talking one part of the state. We're talking the entire Buckeye State, right? Yes. It, those grants went out to over 59 of Ohio's 88 counties. We, it, yeah, and it was about $250,000 uh, up to that available for each processor, uh, whether that be for equipment upgrades, uh, building a new facility, or even training personnel. So, Evan, what are some of the other issues that you're dealing with from a state policy standpoint? Yeah, so a lot of the issues going on in the state, we've got eminent domain. I know my partner talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, solar is always a part of the conversation. That's definitely something that gets our members riled up and definitely people out the, in the state legislature. It's definitely an issue that keeps going on. That's probably what I work on most of the time. So, yeah. So, Evan, before we let you go, we want to talk a little bit about where you're from and how you landed here at the Ohio Farm Bureau. Yeah, so I'm originally from Clark County, Ohio. Grew up on a grain farm over there. My mom was a, a county president when I was growing up, so Farm Bureau has always been uh, kind of in the bloodline. Graduated from Ohio State a few years ago, and I don't know, I think I found I liked politics and I loved agriculture, and here we are. It's a perfect job for me, I think. <laughs> well, we talked with uh, Bill Patterson, president of the Ohio Farm Bureau, and he's a third-generation Farm Bureau member, too, so having that legacy really means a lot to you, doesn't it? It really does. And it was honestly, it was kind of weird walking in my first day. Everybody was like, well, I knew your mom and blah, blah, blah. But it was, it's honestly, it does mean a lot knowing that multiple generations of my family have cared about this organization and knowing that I get to give back to it. It's absolutely awesome. Evan Calicote has been our guest, State Policy Director here for the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation at their annual meeting. Evan, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And for more information, always check us out on the web at inohiocountry.com. We'll have a link to their site as well. We'll be back with more right after this. Our farm department is committed to providing ag professionals the products, coverages, and peace of mind needed to run a successful operation. With our home office located in the heart of farm country, many of us have first-hand experience when it comes to farming, and we know how to take out the risk. Under one policy, we can provide total protection of your investment, from your home and barns, to your equipment and livestock. We also provide an outstanding equine coverage from a homeowner with a single horse to a professional breeder and everything in between. Come join us and experience the Salina difference. Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today, and joining me now is Dale Arnold, and Dale is the Director of Energy for the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation. We're at their 104th annual meeting here in Columbus, Ohio. Dale, thanks for joining us. You're quite welcome. Thanks for having me. Boy, energy is the hot topic, if you will, uh, nationwide for all facts of business and industry, as well as our farmers. Top of mind, of course, are, are energy prices and resources. So what's, what do you do with the, with the Farm Bureau in, in trying to improve that communication among our farmers in that topic? Yeah, it's interesting. I've been a Farm Bureau for 37 years, 29 in position at right now. I do a lot of work with farmers. Um, early on, I was in charge of a couple of power purchase consortiums or self-help, natural gas, fuel, electricity. 
see it as a commodity, just like corn, wheat, and beans. Mm-hmm. Farmers understand it that way. Absolutely. Helping them take a look at market conditions so they can lock in some prices for supplies going forward in those strategies. Mm-hmm. Taking a look at fuel casts. Um, taking a look at also, too, you know, energy. Well, next to labor, energy is the largest single expense for many farming operations. Mm-hmm. It's my, been my job for years to help them control those costs. Plus, they are also very much involved in a lot of energy development in their local communities because a lot of energy developers, wind, solar, biomass, fuel cell, electricity, pipeline systems, transmission systems, local distribution networks, all of that is being upgraded. We're going through the largest infrastructure change since this all came online in the 1920s. A lot of it's happening on open rural ground, and a lot of farmers are working with energy service providers, local government leaders, community officials themselves also to take a look at what do we do to best accommodate this infrastructure for my community as well as keep me basing on agriculture and keep me turning and burning. Uh, Dale, would you include fracking in something like that as far as our landowners are concerned with our farmers? Yes, and I'll tell you this, it's been interesting. Um, Farmers have been involved with regard to that. I've been involved with farmers in eastern Ohio. I grew up basically on farms in central Ohio. We had four oil wells. Understanding oil and gas leases, understanding free gas provisions, taking a look at things long term, several generations down the line because many of those agreements still exist pipeline infrastructure, storage on the farm. I tell a lot of farmers is this, if you're thinking about doing this and working with an energy service provider, Mm. if you want to make sure your grandchildren remember where you were buried, you are going to do it right because that lease, those agreements you're creating now are going to be very much multi-generational and you need to think that far down the line. You know, there's been a lot of controversy right now, not so much with uh, wind energy, which has been very successful up at our neck of the woods, up in Putnam County, Paulding County, in northwest Ohio. But uh, a lot of solar projects that have been proposed and denied based on their environmental footprint. What's the Farm Bureau doing to move forward on that particular topic? We have a very unique leadership position. We have members on both sides of this issue. And consequently, our position is, is that we support and help our members on both sides of the issue engage in the power signing board process. We have a uniform system of rule, regulation, law in this state that allows them to advocate, negotiate, uh, work, um, represent themselves in those positions. I help people on both sides of that particular issue because it's interesting. we got to find basically a balance here. When you're talking about land use, when you're talking about power generation, because it's really changed. I tell you, if you're going to be relying on the coal fleet in the Appalachian Plateau along the Ohio River Basin, it's gone, Mm. which means we're going to be taking a look at a much more diversified energy portfolio. We're going to be taking a look at generation assets further out into the network, which means all across the state in every community. And again, a lot of that is going to be accommodated on open rural ground. A lot of farmers are going to be involved in that process. How do you negotiate? How do you accommodate? How do you make sure you're allowed to and can do several things on that piece of ground? And it's land use planning. I tell farmers what you learn basically when it comes to solar is going to help you on other types of energy development projects. And when we're talking about residential, mercantile, Mm. 
business, mm. industry that also want to use that farm ground. We need to have an all-encompassing policy. What are we going to do? What strategy are we going to have? How are we going to work with community leaders that when we see energy, when we see housing, when we see uh, business wanting to develop, when we see warehousing, and it doesn't take long in many areas of the state, Intel's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. There are projects like that all across the state. Mm -hmm. Making sure that we're at the table, making sure we're advocating our position, making sure we're working with folks on land use planning and different things is going to be huge from this point forward. And making sure that the farmers and the landowners are the ones that benefit the most. So let's talk about that profitability aspect. You know, growing up on a farm or a land that had that footprint that you were talking about, you know, we, we know that there are some definite financial benefits to having a, a solar project on your land or to have a wind project on your land. So what are we doing to get make sure that our farmers are getting the biggest bang for their buck and they're doing it right? Well, welcome to my world. That's yeah. what I do. Because I tell you, I sit with farmers on a daily basis. I do kitchen table meetings with families. I'm going, okay, you're being asked, you're being invited. Folks in the energy services are looking at you. They want to do leases and easements and agreements. Let's take a look at things long term. Let's take a look at things multi-generational. You understand that the immediate now time frame they're looking at is a 30-year time block. No kidding, really, yeah. really. I'm going, what do you want to do with your, your farm? Um, what are the plans basically for your children and your grandchildren? Grandpa's looking at retirement assets and retirement income. Son, who's my age and your age, we're looking at, you know, I want to expand the operation because, you know, our, your grandson, my son, is working in town full or part-time. He wants to come back to the farm. We're going to need to have the financial assets in place to be able to do that. Can we do some of that? Can we create a plan to be able to do that? You know, I work with a lot of farmers who are taking a look at leases and different things, mm -hmm. getting them good, effective legal counsel that helps in regard to that because they understand energy law. I've talked with a lot of farmers and said, you know, what was most complex for us was not necessarily the contract to accommodate a system or a uh, uh, installation on the farm. It was how are we going to use these assets? How are they going to be planned that it benefits me, son, grandchildren, great-grandchildren down the line all at the same time? And that's the kind of discussions that need to go on. So, Dale, I, I guess the, the, the bigger question, too, has to deal with, okay, we're going to see expansion in energy because we're seeing an expansion in projects like Intel. We're going to need more energy resources, diverse, green energy resources in most cases. How does that affect our farmland, you know, taking farmland out of production? And, and how do our farmers feel about that? Yeah, because a lot of them are saying this. How can we accommodate and do things simultaneously on the air? We talk about solar panels and solar arrays. Yeah. What can be done with regard to cropping? What can be done with regard to hay and grazing? Mm -hmm. Carbon sequestration. Mm -hmm. What kind of equipment can I use? What kind of spacings can we have basically in those racks that if I wanted to do haying, grazing, I wanted to do some sort of crop underneath there and different things, mm -hmm. am I able to do it? And the answer is, yeah. Does that mean that the technology and things have to be in place today? No, but I'm going to tell you this. You are negotiating a lease agreement right now that is going to go on for decades. I work with our folks 
our, our, our folks in our legal network, the attorneys that we have there work with them and going, look, we need to put in that lease right now. If and when those opportunities arise, I have the options open and I am able to do it, no questions asked. That's how far the planning needs to be for them because things are going to be changing and you want to have a flexible enough lease and an agreement and a relationship and a partnership with the company to be able to accommodate those things as you're seeing them coming down the line. Very important to do. What a great resource the Ohio Farm Bureau is to be able to have somebody like yourself and a department like that to be able to answer all those complex questions. And if people want more information, Dale, what's a good place for them to go for that? Well, they can talk to their county farm bureau organization director first. And you can also get a hold of me via email at darnold, and that's D-A-R-N-O-L-D, at O-F-B-F dot org. And, of course, we'll have a link to the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation's website at our website at ohiocountry.com. Rodak and Midway Trailers are Ohio's premier Thunder Creek dealers for fuel trailers and death delivery systems. Thunder Creek offers versatile, reliable, and best of all legal transportation and handling for fuel and death systems. Let us know how our teams at Midway Trailers in Rodak can get you set up and ready any time of the year. For fuel and service trailers, economy trailers, service and lube trailers, double wall trailers, split tank trailers, bulk death trailers, and standalone death systems for trucks. Remember, Rodok and Midway Trailers, Ohio's premier Thunder Creek dealer, with three locations to serve you in Delphus, St. Mary's, and Dayton. Why have so many producers switch to Case IH Early Riser Planters? Is it the rugged row unit that lasts season after season? The industry-leading accuracy of precision planting technology? Or maybe the higher yields from the early rising stands? Perhaps it's the long history of success from Case IH Farmers. From Case IH, from your local Apple Farm Service. Allen Davis Insurance Agency is your solutions provider, a business owner, and an active farmer. No one knows farmers' needs better than Allen. Give them a call today at 419-738-7447 for auto, home, life, business, recreational, total farm protection, and more. Call 419-738-7447 with offices in Lima, Wapakoneta, and Minster. Or check us out on the web at allendavisinsurance.com. That's going to do it for this week's edition of It Ohio Country Today. I'm Big Dan Wilson, and our radio program, our TV show, and our podcast are all designed to offer news and information about the agricultural industry. Here in the Buckeye State, we celebrate farming and farming families. And for more information, check us out on the web at inohiocountry.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and any of your favorite podcast stations. And once again, don't miss our award-winning TV show seen weekly on a station near you. Once again, check us out on the web at inohiocountry.com. That's inohiocountry.com. Have a good day, everybody.